0: All right, brother. Yogi Aaron. How are you, man?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you Just for going. having me here, Alex.
0: No, awesome, man. Like, I, I'm i super interested in the, the whole yogi scene. Uh, you are yes. the first, like, specific yogi um, I've had on. So I Oh, I wow. Know.
1: Thank you so much. I feel very honored. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: I want to know. Talk to me. Talk to me about yoga. Talk to me about, like, your whole journey to get here and now you're in costa rica so that's kind of a a wild ride
1: (laughs) yes um i I started doing yoga around the age of 18 and it's kind of morphed into over the years as to what it's meant for me when i first started doing yoga like from probably many people it was a very physical practice it was a way for me to quote unquote stretch and Try and gain more mobility. I always kind of saw that older people that were sort of young um, or young like um, one of the common denominators was they had a lot of mobility in their body, and that really inspired me. Because at the age of 18, I was always concerned with, you know, what what am I going to be like when I get older, and um, I didn't want to become like my grandparents. I wanted to be as vital as possible. So that yoga path took me down that journey. And then in sort of my mid to late 20s, I went to take a class with a yoga teacher in Los Angeles by the name of Brian Kess, who had this very uncanny way of bringing yogic philosophy to the masses, but in very simple, real world terms, you know, um, that, you know, for him, like if you, if you want to move through something in your life, if you're depressed, if you're, if you're dealing with something, the solution was very simple. Be still, hold a posture and just breathe and come back to the breath again and again and again. And, and that, in that moment, it kind of brought together all of these sort of philosophies that I had been studying up until that point in my life, all of this kind of new age stuff, all of these. You know, self help gurus that I had sort of read it, that I had followed and studied. And and it inspired my own journey to not only manifest and live my own life purpose, but to empower others to do that. And I don't know, like in that moment, all of these lights started clicking or turning on. And I saw that this is what I was meant to do was to teach yoga. And, And it's a form of exercise. In some ways, at least in our Western, you know, sort of culture, it's turned into exercise. And that seemed to me like a way as a platform to start to reach people and to to be able to have a conversation um, or start the conversation. It's very hard to start a conversation with most people and say, hey, sit down, shut the f up i don't know if i can swear on your show and (laughs) and and just be still you can't tell that to most people that's not going to register most people are you know um you know anxious people with busy minds with lots of things going on upstairs and and so they need movement they need to um find a way to express that quote-unquote kinetic energy. So yoga just became like this amazing tool for me to be able to start to have a conversation with people. And then in my, um, uh, couple years later, I decided to make the big move to New York city <laughs> to deepen my own practice. I know a lot of people always laugh at that. Like you went to New York to do yoga. Absolutely. Um, and there was a lot of reasons why I went there, but one of them was because I knew like there was going to be a lot of teachers there. It was also a gateway to different yoga retreat centers that were, you know, outside New York City. And that was when I met my te- two of my teachers, um, Ellen Finger and Rod Stryker. And, and then Rod and both of them uh, showed me the path of living, how to live a more tantric lifestyle and how to start to bring some of those teachings into my life, but also also as a platform to also deepen up my students' yoga practice. And that was the point when my practice shifted from being, I would say, very physical to becoming more spiritual, more philosophical, um, and more kind of like life embodied, if you will. And then... That, I started a men's yoga group in New York City. Um, I was sort of one of the very first people that conceptualized this idea of men's yoga. And that was when I met my business partner. And many years later, I ended up opening up a yoga retreat center in Costa Rica, which is where I am now, leading yoga teacher trainings and working on my second book. So, That incredible, that's man. it in a nutshell <laughs> i'm trying to make it as brief as possible <laughs> it's crazy
0: right when when you ask um the twists and turns of someone's story right and you can say it in a couple minutes and you're like wow that's awesome it's taking you here there and everywhere but then that like, during it you're like holy shit this is tough like i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know what i'm doing i have to shift again you know you went to la then you went to new york Kyle, um, now yes. in costa rica you're like oh I'm changing. This is like dancing. And it's, it's so beautiful to hear people's stories. Um, yeah. Just as like a personal note, I love, I love hearing people's stories.
1: Yeah. I think I, I find it fascinating um, that what I, what excites me in listening to people's journeys and, and I can relate to this in my own story is a lot of people always say to me, like, Aaron, you're so lucky, you know, you live this amazing life. And I think that really luck has nothing to do with it. I really believe that doors open in all of our lives. And there's some people that just walk through the door. And, you know, when I moved to New York, it was like a door opened up for me. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like the universe per se was, or, you know, I didn't have some benefactor saying, come to New York. It was just this idea that landed in my mind. Um, and I believe it dropped in from the universe that said, hey, if you go to New York, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna step more fully into your purpose. Mm-hmm. And and I think like for so many of us, we just need to pay attention to those doors opening. And what excites me about listening to people's stories is like hearing them talk about their own doors that opened up and then they just walk through it fearlessly. And, and then, you know, now they're living more in their purpose and more in their passion and living the life that they're supposed to live. Um, and that's just been sort of like a guiding force in my own life is to just listen, pay attention. Um, sometimes what comes across is a little bit painful, but... You know, you kind of have to walk through it, and um, and then on the other side is a lot more freedom, a lot more purpose, a lot more. Um, I would say effortless manifestation.
0: <laughs> I would agree with that. I think. Um. I think an important point to add on to that is you don't always have to know what you're doing, right? Like, if you sense an opportunity, and you're like, I think this is an opportunity for myself or what i want to do or any of that stuff then just just walk through that door and figure it out like you went to new york there's going to be a lot of people yeah. around you know there's going to be a lot of you know yoga teachers in there you've got to, there's got to be a lot of people that are going to want to work on the mindfulness because new york is mental so you know yes. it's usually quite um opposites right opposites opposites attract you know it's yes. like you probably had no idea what you're going to do when you you were going to go to New York, but you went, you threw yourself in at the deep end and man in the arena, right? We all like to read or hear that speech. So just put yourself in that environment and just, just figure it out. And some beautiful, crazy things are going to happen.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you know, I, I went to New York. I knew one person who was my roommate. um, And I had worked on a cruise ship like six months before that. And he was on the cruise ship with me. And so we had just stayed in touch and I, Happened to send him a message and say, hey, I'm moving to New York. Do you know anybody I could live with? And he said, Well, actually, you could live with me. I, I'm in need of a roommate. And it was it was just amazing, but I had nothing besides him living with him um, <clears throat> to really fall back on. You know, I moved with like, you know, very little money in my pocket. It was like New Yorker bus, baby. Oh <laughs> yeah. And and I remember, like, <clears throat> on the train going to New York and feeling that sort of anxiety and mm. anxiousness bubbling. Um, I come from a family, uh, a very British family, by the way, of... Um... Uh, not the British people. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, you know, my both of my grandparents were, you know, World War II survivors, and... Um, and so, you know, I think that specifically with one of my grandmothers, there's, you know, I grew up in a very anxious family atmosphere, and where everything had to be, you know, thought about, and you don't take steps unless you've thought about every single little step and had a fallback plan and had a, you know, cushion and. So when I went to New York, it was like, there was no cushion. There was no fallback plan. It was like, just do it or, you know, not. And I was on the train going to New York and it was like, I just closed my eyes, went inside for a moment and just felt that limitless potential awaken that I didn't know where it was going to go. And that was actually when I came up with one of my favorite affirmations or mantras, if you call it either one and um which is i'm opening myself up to the universe of limitless possibilities and that anytime i kind of felt like afraid because it's natural to feel fear it's natural to feel like oh my god what am i doing but you know in tantra they say like you become what your mind focuses on you become that which which your mind um you know, grabs onto. So be careful what you let your mind grab onto because you become that which your mind is holding onto. So I just intuitively kept going back to that mantra, that affirmation, anytime I felt like anxious, anytime I felt fear. And within literally two and a half, three months, I was actually starting to um, create a very successful empire for myself. Crazy. But there was like a little touch and go in the beginning. I got a job almost when I got to New York, like a real nine to five job. It was a part-time job, but then I was fired five days later. (laughs) And I was like, you know, the universe doesn't want me, you know, my path is not meant to work for others. Like, you know, in this kind of capacity, my, my path is to go and forge a path to, um, Um, to be a trailblazer in life and so I did and that's how actually I started teaching uh, men's yoga
0: wow that's funny you say that because uh, I've uh, in the past two years of being in New Zealand I've been fired five times so (laughs) I think we relate on a pretty uh, pretty deeper level of that you know kind of uh, stirring the pot a little bit too much you're like whoa, I didn't do anything honestly yes (laughs) yes <laughs> that's, that's funny Ah man like that's that's really powerful can you say that quote again that 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 uh mantra or, or manifestation affirmation
1: yeah sure um i am opening myself up to the universe of limitless possibilities that's super powerful yeah you know it, it touches
0: on everything like you can go down the i'm super you know spiritual I'm going to go down the whole universe and energy or you can go down the whole psychology route of I'm going to have an open and growth minded. I'm going to attack things in that manner rather than being shut off and have my blinkers on and everything can only ever be one thing. Right. And this is where, yeah. um, this is where I think life is is absolutely mental because we can go so far through science. Right. You go physics like you go anything science. And then you go so far the other way. And you kind of comes round and links together where science and philosophy, science and spirituality kind of link, go hand in hand rather than like yes. you know, like maths, for example, all the mathematicians and um and accountants. It's like if it doesn't add up, it's not true. I'm like, okay. In sometimes, <laughs> yes, you are right. Yeah. You know, some things, man-made yeah. things, and some non-man-made things, that is correct, but there is some things that we can't add value to, like a, a numerical value.
1: Yeah, I, I, and there this idea that if we can accept, if we accept the notion that the prison that we live in, the only real prison we live in, is the one that we create within ourselves, then this is why this mantra is so powerful because it challenges us to step out of ourselves it invites not challenges it invites us to actually go beyond the limitations which we create ourselves and you know in my yoga teacher trainings i always when i there's a whole talk i give on suffering and where is the seeds of suffering and i ask everybody where does suffering start in it's just kind of like to get on the same page as everybody. Of course, I know the answer, but I want to make sure that they understand. And, and we all agree right from the very beginning that suffering starts in our own mind. And um, you can have 100 people having one experience, but all of them have a very different experience of that same you know, thing. The, the thing hasn't changed, but everybody else's perception of it. And then those perceptions, of course, you know, solidify our own attitudes, beliefs, assumptions, and judgments about the worlds. So if I'm like in New York and I'm having, you know, a bad day because something, you know, client canceled or something, then if I have like a really, you know, limiting view of the world, I might just call my mother and say, I'm coming home. <laughs> falling apart, right? Yeah. Or if I'm like, OK, this is just going to open up more opportunity to find more clients tomorrow, you know, which is now my philosophy. If someone says no to you, then 10 more people are waiting to say yes.
0: <laughs> 100%. You know, I love um, yeah. I love Steve Steve Harvey's analogy where, um, you know, it's like oh, if a door closes on you, it's not the end of the world because just walk on down the hallway. There's more doors. You know, and it's just so simple, right? You're just like, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I was that, like, closed off from the world that I thought this one opportunity was my one shot. I was like, dude, like, just keep going. (laughs) You know, figure it out. There's like eight billion people on the planet. I think there's going to be at least one more opportunity somewhere. And if there isn't, if there isn't, you're going to make it yourself, you know? Yes. You know, so then there is one
1: it's funny you say that because my yoga retreat when my business partner and I were starting he's like where are the people going to come from and I would say to him you know Adam there's you know eight billion people on the planet I'm sure we'll be able to find 400 of those people to come every year (laughs) that's totally right man that's totally right (laughs) we don't need to make that much effort. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you got the beauty of the States being pretty close, you know, and so they yes. can like hop over to, to South America pretty easily. I would assume I've never been to either one. Sure. Well, yeah, I absolutely. Hmm.
1: Although that's an interesting conversation talking about limitations. It's fascinating to me to see uh, specifically Americans, but I think even some Europeans as well in it in a different way, but Americans are so. If it, if they can't do something in one flight, then they just won't even look at it. You know really? the idea of yeah, and I I think like to myself like well number one you're not our client so that's okay, um, but number two that that is just to me very symbolic of of sort of this limiting. You know, how, you know, if we want to break down the minutiae of each of our own lives, how people are just constantly limiting themselves and yeah. unable to, you know,
0: get out of whatever
1: box it is to experience life in a different way that, that could ultimately, you know, course correct their life or, or change the momentum in their life in a, in a powerful way. And we just so many times so many of us just say no before we've even like considered it <laughs> yeah. yeah totally
0: that's really interesting no i think um i think europeans are the opposite i think europeans like to like to travel around and see the world a bit like it's um yeah it's a big place but it's a small place it's a big place because there's a lot of different like people and cultures in in that one kind of area i'm talking like the continent and then also
1: you know yes. Scandinavia's
0: in there and then you've got britain in there and an ireland and and all these different types of people and Obviously, if you look back through history, everyone's kind of moved and changed, and the borders have like been grown and broken, and countries have fucking come out of nowhere, then just disintegrated, <laughs> and then there's been wars everywhere. So it's like people are kind of used to like change and moving around. I think um, they're a little bit more um, open-minded in in that yes. sort of sense. Yeah, I yeah. would I would say so. The amount of people I bump into like outside of Britain that are from Britain is ridiculous. I'm like, what are you doing here? And they turned around and was like, well, I could ask you the same thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, (laughs) touche. Good point. I was like, well,
1: I got on the wrong train.
0: I don't know about you.
1: Yes. Yeah. I Especially being, you're so lucky being in New Zealand. I think that's just fantastic. Um, Mm. But yeah, I sometimes see my life becoming more global um, one day, one day in the future. Honestly, man, so, I think
0: I think there's so many uh teachings we can we can learn from everybody, right? We yes. like to we like to place ourselves, especially fucking Westerners. Um, and I don't know if it's orchestrated or if it's just kind of manifested on its own, but we like to place ourselves into this like box, right? Of like, for example, I'll use myself. I'm English. That's it. Yeah. I'm white, English, working class, that's all I can ever be. I can only ever see the world through these sets of lenses. This is it. And you're just like, wait, hold on a minute. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, the world is a very big place. There's a lot of different people in it. There's a lot of different experiences. And if you actually like dig deep, you know, I'll learn from you. And then I'll I'll learn from a conversation I'll have with a, with, with a good mate of man, he's Sam Owen. Right. So like they're completely different areas. And you're like, the very core value of what everybody's saying and how they'll how to live their life in a more meaningful way Mm -hmm.
1: is exactly the same. We just use different words. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know that it's orchestrated. I think human beings, my kind of perception of taking in yoga philosophy, but then also kind of experiencing and watching everything that's unfolded during the last couple of years of the pandemic, what I think I think happens is that humans are very tribal. You know, we need to feel. Um, we need to. Our egos are very fragile, and Let me say that again. Our ego, our egos are very fragile, um, and you know, men men often get you know chastised for having fragile egos. But the fact is, that all humans have fragile egos because our ego gives us, our ego gives us this this um, illusion of being alive and being connected and that we're never going to die. And so we hold on to this kind of perfect image and whatever that image is, you know, and so if you're a Christian or a Buddhist or a yogi that believes in stretching, then that's all you know, like you need to have that to justify your, your existence. And I, um, I you know, is, it's been very much in my face, especially recently, because as I'm starting to venture down this path of, of teaching muscle activation and applied yoga anatomy. And one of the founding philosophies is stretching is not important. In fact, stretching hurts you that you know like the the pushback that i've gotten from people from especially in the yoga world who you know one person blatantly wrote like what is this malarkey and it 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 has been very fascinating to watch like people in the yoga world are just so closed off but it's not just people in the yoga world it's everybody you know um Christians are closed off from hearing, you know, the idea that maybe, maybe we are, you know, there is a possibility, we are energy that just comes back again and again, or, you know, um, other people are closed off from something that just challenges their own sort of worldview. And so what we do as humans um, is that we go and find people that agree with us, you know, and of course, social media has really exacerbated that, but we don't really get a chance to go and and find people that kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say challenge us because I think like there's nothing to challenge, but just to kind of like look at life differently. And one of the philosophies in my teacher trainings, but also at Blue Osa that I, I feel like we need to embrace more, just not not only so that we can get along with each other, but that we can evolve as humans is to seek first to un- seek first to understand. And we don't, you know, we don't really seek out other people's different point of views and go, Oh, wow. That's really fascinating. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Cause people, people get on the defensive, like,
0: like this, you know what I mean? Like yes. super quickly. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Like, you know, <laughs> we we know that, you know, there's people in the world that are colorblind. So they're going to see things yes. differently, right? Oh, we, absolutely. We, we know that. If I if we sit across a table from each other and we put a vase in the middle of the table, right? And they've got, like, I'm seeing a different side of the vase than you are. We, yes. we know that. So how am I going to expect... You do say exactly what I say. It's like no, no, that's that's not going to happen. You know, all your experiences, your life lessons, everywhere you've gone, is going to dictate um your perception on things. That will change yeah. your reality, right? And I think it's really beautiful opening up a conversation with a, in a in a safe space to be like, right, what's your what's your reality? What's your perception of this thing? I'm Like that's really mm-hmm. cool. And then the table will turn, right? It was like, well, this is mine, but you can take something from it. You can leave it where it is, or you can like change your reality. You know, you can change the way you you think about some things you might, you know, learn (laughs) maybe. Yes. Um, Yes. It's it's crazy, right? Because too, like too many people just shoot it down. No, no, that's not true. Okay. That might not be true for you. Fantastic. And if it doesn't work for you, great. Hallelujah. Right but it could potentially, you know, maybe work for someone else. So just let them do that thing. Nope, no, no. Everybody needs to do this. You're like, Oh my God. Are we really arguing about this? Still, <laughs> it's 2022 man, you know, come on. Like we, sh- we should have grown since the
1: Romans. Yes. <laughs> I'm a huge student um, of Roman history. I love it. And one thing that always fascinates me is like, when you look at Roman history and look at where we are now, with the exception of technology, nothing is absolutely not absolutely nothing has changed at all, Um, you know, and there's just the things that people believe today are just as batshit crazy as what people believe back then. And and the arguments that they have back then and the arguments that we have now, is just, it's mind blowing. Um, And it's, As a yoga teacher, I'm constantly reminding my yoga teacher trainings that you just have to accept where people are and, you know, always come back to the basics and the light of consciousness will ignite whenever it's going to ignite. And there's nothing more you can do except people just evolve in their own time, in their own way. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's so true you know you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink you know I Absolutely. think people are, are sick of me uh, hearing me say that because what I say it all the time I'm like look guys like at the end of the day like it's your journey and if it takes yes. you 80 years to to get to the first stage then that's great you know that's that's your yeah. journey you know obviously yeah if you've been like shut off and keeping yourself down then maybe that's not great but you know what I'm saying like people yeah. have uh people have a different speed people have a different journey like do your thing
1: yeah, I think it was Barbara Streisand, um, she was giving a concert and she basically froze on stage um, and so then she went into therapy after that and then she didn't actually perform for a long time after that and um, it, now when she performs you know, she has the words of her song up there so she can never freeze again <laughs> but in an interview, the interviewer asked her, you know, like you've been in therapy for 25 years, like how come it took that long, and her response was because it took that long. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, it, it takes as long as it takes. <laughs> yeah,
0: one hundred percent. Oh, I agree with that. So hard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the pre
0: pre motion of oh, I need to do this by this date, right? You know, you see it all the time. Of by thirty, I need to be married, and then I need a kid, and then I need a house, and my why? Oh, because that's what you do. I was like, "Whoa, hold on a minute." That's that's like a story and kind of uh, you know, some people's lives, but it doesn't have to be your life. You know, you can leave the country, you can leave the city, you can choose not to get married, you can do whatever the hell you want, like in in yeah. whatever way, right? You can quit your corporate job, go to Costa Rica and make this thing called a yoga retreat and trying to get four hundred <laughs> plus people a year. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like just live your life. Yes absolutely something i really want to go back to though you said something at the beginning of this conversation and it's i've been like kind of thinking about it for the past like half an hour or something, is physical exercise the stretching the physical stuff as being mm-hmm. like an unlock to the mental stuff yes right and i think that is absolutely beautiful because i think that is exactly the point and i do it in the gym i do it in a more quote-unquote aggressive manner right i like to pick weights up and drop them right so in, in the form of like <laughs> in the form of weightlifting was like alex why do you weightlift? first of all i don't have to put the weights back down i can drop them from above my head the second of all yes. i only have to do it six times and not nine it's like, and I get to sit down. That's why I like weightlifting. <laughs> I do less. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a different story. But um, you know, it's it's using it. I went on a little bit of a rant yesterday, and kind of um addressed it towards males because I was like, I think every man has like an angry man inside of him, right, or an angry wolf. They've got something because they're all hurting. We're all hurting in some way or shape or form, right? And the only thing that was we're told we can deal with that is aggression, which
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can be very, very harmful. Right. So we use physical exercise to unlock that, unlock that door. And then all the other stuff, the mental side, the well being stuff ends up pushing us through the door. And I think that's so, so important of what you're doing. I'd love to hear any practices, experiences, stories, whatever of, exercise being the being the unlock being the key in the door and then the wellness boom that's just blown people's minds
1: <laughs> there's so much to unpack there um i mean the key to all of this is the breath first and foremost and so getting getting to breathe in a way that starts to build a steadiness if you want to say in the mind, and so in the Yoga Sutras, it says that the two causes of mind is thought, thoughts and energy, um, prana and chitta, and so the death of one is the death of the other one, and so one of the ways that we you know are taught, especially like in a Buddhist Zen Buddhist kind of uh, tradition, if you will, is to sit and watch your thoughts. But a lot of people can't do that. They just, they just got too much going on. And so then Tantra yoga says, okay, well then let's start to work on, on energy management. If you want to call it that that's one of the definitions of, of Tantra is the science of energy management. How do we manage the energy within our body? Um, and, you know, we can look at it a very kind of gross level and we can look at it a very subtle quantum physics level. I mean, it's all interconnected. So, so the book, that which is one of the, I guess, kind of the premier books, if you will, on yoga is the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, which is, I think it's one of the most fascinating, undervalued, understated books in, in the yoga world. Very few yoga teachers have ever picked it up, let alone read it. And in there, it just says very clearly, you know, if you breathe a certain way, your consciousness is gonna to begin to move a certain way. If you do this certain pose, energy will then start to collect in your spine and move towards the bindu, which is basically the crown chakra. So we know that if we start to do movements and then start to breathe a certain way that our energy starts to shift and our consciousness then starts to become more, I guess, singular, if you will. So, you know, there's the human mind has so many different thoughts going on at once, um, so many thoughts. And by doing a posture in a very clear um, and concise way with breath starts to shift those thoughts into one singular point if you will and for one brief moment your mind is focused in in one pointed if you will it doesn't last for long but it does have that effect and so when i started doing when i really started getting into asana as as a kid i was one of those kids that my parents really worried about um not because I was a bad kid, just because I wasn't good in school. And I had a really hard time focusing. Even now, to this day, I still have you know hard time focusing. But back then, it was really, really bad. And one of the things that I noticed very quickly was that by doing yoga, it actually helped to focus my mind. My ADD started actually becoming calm. And I was able to get a lot more done. Um, and, and as I've grown through the years of my practice, I mean, some of the things that I've been able to manifest has come from that ability to really just focus my mind. And the seed of that really was because of asana, because of doing these poses, being taught how to breathe in those poses. Um, and then in one of the kind of i guess last century inventions is this idea of vinyasa yoga which you know a lot of people have ideas about what vinyasa yoga is a lot a lot of times it's referred to as flow yoga um it's really not that's not that's a horrible uh description inaccurate description of vinyasa yoga It basically means to link the movement with breath and so if you Bring your hands down beside your hips and then you bring your hands up towards the sky like you're holding a beach ball and then back down to your hips. If you match the inhale as you bring your hands up towards the sky and then you exhale and bring your hands down towards your hips, but you don't allow the hands to come up until you've reached the top of your inhale or you don't bring your hands up before you fully inhale. So you have to match the movement perfectly. And if you do, you think, oh, well, that's just so elementary, Yogi Aaron. (laughs) But do it 20 times and see what happens to your mind. See what happens to your breathing. See what happens to your whole consciousness. And do it as an experiment. And and start to witness, you know, what kind of interchanges are going on. And so we know that by moving the body a certain way, we start to feel differently. Um, if we fold forward, for example, and we do like a lot of forward bending, we start to create more of a calm effect in the body. In, in, in science, we call that a parasympathetic state. We start to go into rest and digest, and if we start to do more back bends, then we start to awaken and we energize and we start to tap into the power of the sympathetic nervous system, which also is in you know relates to creativity and inspiration and aspiration. Um, and then when we twist, we also start to feel you know a that the mind starts to go inward, but then we feel alive and, and nourished, you know? So all of these kind of different ways that we move the body have an effect on our, our breath, have an effect on our, on our mind. Um, and then ultimately have an effect on consciousness. And that's, I mean, so many times when people are doing yoga class and, you know, in fairness, it doesn't really matter the kind of yoga class that you do. Anytime you start moving the body with conscious breath, there's going to be an awakening that can happen. And the, you see this happen a lot. People that go to yoga classes um, or some sort of movement based, you know, class with breath, that there's sometimes people have like this, this moment where they get it and their whole life just shifts. And that's for me as the exciting part of tantra yoga is to bring more of that to the masses.
0: That's beautiful. And I think that's, you know, that's the entire point of, of physical exercise. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's going to help your, uh, your physical being, your shell, your organic matter. I was like, yeah, okay. That's, that's one of them. All right. Yeah. Brilliant. But we're, we're so much more than this and it's, And it does, it unlocks that door and it it senses you, right? And um, like, I've done a little bit of yoga. I did it for a bit of rehab. I seriously, seriously injured my neck when I was uh, 15, 16, maybe uh, playing rugby, um, which completely... Completely wrecked me Like I was walking around Like the hunchback In Notre Dame For about four weeks Oh no Yeah like I couldn't move my Couldn't move my neck at all There was no movement Flexion, extension Rotation Nothing Nada Like I had like <sighs> a hole In the top of my head About two inches deep Like it was It was a bad Bad time So I would go into Like just a local studio And do a little bit of yoga Obviously guided <clears throat> I'd go to a class um, Which was real cool Just beginners you know, that was real cool. Um, but my experience kind of comes from just kind of self-meditating, you know, and bringing myself mm-hmm. back into that breath. I've read a couple of books regarding um, breath work and that. Not too many, like literally like maybe two, maybe one. <laughs> maybe an article. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, and it does. It really does, man. It's so powerful. Like yeah. centering things around that, bringing yourself back to back to the core and it allows you to, to let go of those stress balloons right during you know modern life we pick up all these balloons and it's like up you know like the movie up we've got all these balloons and it just like kind of takes us off into the uh off into the sky it's like well sitting down being with yourself sitting in your own space and and focusing on your breath You end up letting go of some of those balloons and you can center yourself back down and you can be like, okay, cool. Now I know where I am. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I need to do right now rather than, oh my God, I've got all these things. No, 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 no. Forget about that for a second. All right. It's time to turn up, but right now it's time to turn down. All right. So calm yourself, center yourself. So then you can go again. And honestly it works. Like and this is where I like blowing people's minds because I'm the first one to go in the gym and start screaming at people and, you know, we're, we're going absolutely mental. We're throwing things around. Okay, great. Fantastic. High fives, fist bumps, all that. But then it's like calm, collective meditative, writing, journaling, calming down breath work. And you're like, you have to, you have to do both. You have to be able to flick the light switch on and off. You know, you have to be able to do both.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Brother, hmm. well, I got three questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I said I don't have any questions, but
0: I ask I ask everybody the same three questions because I love people's answers. I it it I've not had one that's not blown my mind and made me think about it for the rest of the day. So
1: well uh, now you've just you know increased the stress level. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did it on purpose. No, I'm <laughs>
1: joking.
0: Um So first one, what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever
1: received? (laughs) Um, If you're going to be a mess, then be a happy mess. Wow. Holy fuck, that's gold. (laughs) That's absolutely gold. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow. you're gonna be a mess be a happy mess
1: yeah i went through this period of my life when um i've had neck issues and i had like this knife pain going down my arm and um it was in yoga class one day my teacher i told you i met my teacher one of my teachers in new york and he was this kind of Big jolly um, South African man, and um, whose father opened up a yoga studio in LA, and then he went there, and then he went to New York, and I think Alan is now almost seventy years old, um, but he is <laughs> said in his you know deep baritone south african accent all right if you're going to be a mess that'd be a happy mess he was like a very jolly man and it was very potent because about four years later i was in the himalayan mountains and had broken my leg i had a boulder hit my leg and broke my femur in half and um and that kind of got me through it it was like in that moment i realized that I had a choice in how I was going to live my life in that moment. So either be a victim or be a happy mess.
0: <laughs> That's so powerful, man. Fuck. I'm going to quote you on that.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can use that one.
0: Um, question two, what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um <clears throat> Oh Lord, (sighs) I'd have to think about that. There definitely has been a few and I don't know that I could just say like one thing But I'm just going to say this, that there's been advices that people give to me that has been very, you know, ego-based and telling me, Aaron, you should do this and you should do that. And sometimes I've made the mistake in listening and, but also with some awareness of trying it on. And it's like, okay, I know that my intuition is saying no, but they're saying yes. So maybe, maybe maybe I need to pay attention to that or something. So let's just try it on and see how it goes. And it always, you know, fails. And so um, because, you know, I always like to try and challenge people always say like, you know, you're following, they like to listen to their inner voice, but sometimes your inner voice is very muddled, you know, and skewed by your own judgments, beliefs, and attitudes about the world. So I always try and like, you know, it's hard for me to discern sometimes what is like the voice of spirit speaking. And I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea now, but you know, on the journey getting there, sometimes I did listen to people even though my gut was saying no. And so I, yeah, I, 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 I have had to learn to listen to myself a lot more. Um, But to come up with something specific, like be a happy mess, but the opposite, I I can't tell you. (laughs)
0: That's all right. I mean, I think think
1: probably because I just let a lot of that stuff go. You Uh, know, I just it's like if something is useless to me, Mm -hmm. then I just like, okay, move on Mm because I'm not I don't want to put my mind on that. You know, I want to put my mind on on other things. So, yeah. Sorry, like, no, no. That's <laughs> you know. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, like
0: it's uh, listening to other people, even though your gut says no. Yeah. You know, like you, you have to, you have to be able to be in tune with yourself and listening to your gut. Like, um, you know, the inner voice, your soul, your gut, whatever you want to call it. Right, like you, we all have that intrinsic feeling where it's like, ah, this doesn't taste sweet in my mouth. It tastes a bit bitter, like. And then you're like, oh, no, this person knows a little bit more. I'm like, just if you follow your gut and it doesn't work out, you're not going to be that pissed. You're going to be like, okay, well, I went with what I had. And it is what it is. But if you follow your gut and it does work
1: out. Right. Then you're like, wow, incredible. So it's kind of a win win. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, um. You know, like there's been a lot of times in my life when I felt like I was stepping off of the cliff. You know, like one of my favorite tarot cards is, is the uh, fool who literally is walking off the cliff and all you can see below him are clouds. So he has no idea where he's stepping into, but he's actually not looking down at the clouds. He's actually looking up and he's whistling as he's doing it. And I feel like I've been the fool a lot in my life and, you know, it's, you know, looking back at it, the people, there's been a lot of people that have really supported me in taking that giant leap. And those are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with. But I also think that so many of us are so addicted to this idea of, you know, success. Like you just made a comment, like, well, if it doesn't work out, so what? Like, but. Like, it not working out is what life is about. Life is about it not working out. And we have perverted our own sort of, I think, sense of what life should be in terms of success or failure. Like, so many people say to me, like, oh, you're so successful. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just living my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm experimenting with life and trying out things. And a lot of shit doesn't work. I mean, you don't see that because I don't really advertise it not from a place of shame, but just because it just didn't work. And so I moved on to something else. And um, uh, we are so addicted to this idea of like, oh, I need to be successful and failure is bad. And it's like, actually, no, you need to. Um, I don't even know that I would use that word failure. I just live your life, live your life, try different things. You know, one of my expressions that I, I like using is my life is a living experiment. Mm. <laughs> and, and that if you we have that attitude, then we'll always be successful no matter what happens. Yes, sir. I completely agree. But where I was going with that is surround yourself with people who are going to support you walking off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I was going with that. Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, <laughs> yeah. of course.
0: Don't say that out of context that's not a clever idea no oh wow yeah i agree i agree totally last question three words you'd tell your younger self
1: just do it oh. <laughs> just do it beautiful don't ask just do it mm. I like yeah. that. I like and, that a lot. and my younger self did so i don't have i don't really have you know i don't Don't look back and and I know people say you should never look back on your life with regret I don't (laughs) I don't know if I subscribe to that 100% but I actually don't look back at anything I did with regret I look back when I wrote my autobiography it gave me a chance to really sort of dissect and, and look at my life and realize like there's nothing I could have changed um per se there's one little thing uh, two one or two like business things i would have changed but mm. other than that you know i i've had such a full life and and part of that fullness came from that attitude of just do it mm. fuck yeah <laughs> yeah shut, the fuck, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> shut is, the fuck up just do it yes yes that's yoga 101 this the fuck up just do it this is my people yeah
0: <laughs> totally Said <laughs> it in such a poetic spiritual way you know
1: yes I think that hits yes. home more
0: than uh, you know calm yourself focus on the cut no shut the fuck up just do it
1: yeah yeah more of us need to shut the fuck up <laughs> mm. too much talking let's do it yes <laughs> too much talking oh brother do it. Yes. I
0: really really appreciate your time man And you're oh, uh, welcome I- appreciate everything that you're doing and i actually have a good mate of mine who owns a gym out in costa rica oh wow Uh, yeah it's just a little gym i don't actually know where it is i coached alongside him um and i keep saying whenever the world stops shitting its pants i'll um i'll pop over (laughs) and i don't know maybe help him out with a couple of couple of sessions but if i do and i somehow make it around costa rica then i'll have to i'll have to come do some yoga
1: Please do. And I would love to take you um, on some hikes. There's Costa Rica has some beautiful hiking Mm. and um, not to kind of circle back, but hiking for me is like one of the ways that I just feel completely alive and reconnects me to my indomitable willpower, you know, being in the mountains and climbing and um, not rock climbing, not like, like, cliff climbing just yeah. with my two legs. Yeah, yeah, But it's one of the ways that I really connect to my indomitable will. And this country is just so blessed with some amazing and beautiful hikes. So I hope that you'll come and um I can take you sounds uh, perfect to someplace. <laughs> good, good people, good
0: hiking, good coffee. that's all I need.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Perfect. That sounds good. I'll uh, I'll let you know whenever I'm like dotting around South America. And um, you've got a place to to come visit now in the very far bottom right-hand
1: corner of the world. Awesome, Alex. Thank you so much for having me here. Spot on, mate. You have a cracking day and I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Be well. All
0: right, you too. (laughs) See you later.